Welcome to Haunters Podcast, a show dedicated to Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and all things macabre. Now here are your hosts, Mr. Wonderful and Zach Hilton. Welcome everybody to another episode of your favorite podcast. It is Haunters Podcast. Haunters Podcast. I am Mr. Wonderful. The person that I can hear <laughs> shaking his head right now at the other end is Zach Hilton. We are your wow. host. Uh, you didn't wow. like that? You didn't like that intro? <laughs> I can tell somebody's ready for WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it. You deserve it. Oh, Listen, kids do nothing for our show. <laughs> Listen, these women are going to be headlining WrestleMania. Joan Jett's going to be performing live for Ronda Rousey. I'm excited. Okay, I'm excited. Plus, I'm coming to your WrestleMania party. This is true. I mean, that's yeah. the most exciting part about WrestleMania is that we're going to watch it on a hundred inch screen, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah. And then we could see Ronda Ronda Rousey pulling her tights out of her crotch for the entire match because that's what she does. Welcome to Haunters. (laughs) Yes. You can unfollow us at (laughs) Haunters Pod. I just just jumped right into it. I was like, I don't even care. I'm not going to tell you where you can follow us. I'm not going to tell you that we got eight likes now on the Facebook page, and it's definitely something you should go like because this episode is on that Facebook page. Facebook.com, Haunters Pod, or Haunters Podcast. You could basically, if you search for us, you'll see that picture that is right there on your phone as you listen, and uh, you'll know it's us because eight people. <laughs> so, yes. will yes, you be number nine? You. <laughs> will you be number nine? Or by the time you get there, will you be number 10? The only way to find out is to find us on Facebook. <laughs> also, you the Twitter. Are feeling it. I am, I am in a weird mood. I'm in a weird <laughs> I accidentally just hit stop. So this is gonna be a, this is one of those episodes, man. This is gonna be one of those episodes, but it's gonna be a great episode. All right, I'm excited because, uh, as you mentioned, we're on Twitter, Haunters Pod. We mentioned the Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean is where we began. So that's that's the first place you can find us as well, uh, as well as um, you know, iHeartRadio. There we go. Uh, iHeartRadio. And I believe we're Google Play now. Yes, we are on Google Play. All right. I don't know how to share it, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> if you know how to share it, tweet at us and help us out because we are dumb. <laughs> Every time I go to the thing, I'm like, okay, Haunters, Google Play, uh, go to the site. Yeah, it just kicks me to Google Play. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Uh, it's so awesome. <laughs> uh, but I'm also excited because... We, um, we're going to have a guest midway through the show. This is going to be a, kind of a, a different version of Haunter's podcast uh, this week where we're going to be joined by Nick from Slash and Cast. We had Riley on a while back, uh, and now Nick is going to be joining us. Uh, but we're also going to review the movie Us, which just came out. Number one at the box office, $70 million, but we're going to do it a little differently. We're going to start with a non-spoiler review. Nick will join us. We'll, we'll sit down with him. We'll have a great talk with him that we know you guys are going to love, and then we will give you a full spoiler review of us as well at the end because, I mean, we got to just kind of dive into it, Zach, I feel like, because this movie, to me, was fantastic. Yeah, we got to bookend it with... Because really, you can't review this thing without talking about it, so we're going to do our best with, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, here's our best way to explain it, and then (laughs) at the end... 
we'll really dive deep in this mother effer. Yeah, because this is a movie that, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, it's definitely something that should be on your list. But if you have seen it, there are so many burning questions from this movie. And I know when I was talking to you before you got to see it, because I got to see it on Saturday, you got to see it on Monday, and I was trying not to overhype it to you, and I accidentally made the comparison to Hereditary, but what I meant by that is you will be left with kind of questions of needing to discuss this with people. You need to discuss this with people the way you needed to Hereditary. Is that a fair yeah. assessment? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, no. The Immediately when I left, because I saw it by myself, <laughs> I I went to each person that I knew saw it and I said a certain thing. I'm not going to dive deep into no, that yet. yet. So I just want to overall. So this is, this is the basic plot that IMDb released. It's a family's serenity turns to chaos when a group of doppelgangers begins to terrorize them. And pretty much that's what you see in the trailer. There's this family and then there's another version of the same family coming after them. Looks like they're trying to kill them. That's really all they give in the trailer. I think it's a well done trailer for not telling you the entire plot of the movie. I would actually say in most recent year, um, for the past year, I think trailers are doing a better job of not giving away. I think there's been enough complaints about stop spoiling the entire movie. And uh, when I saw this, I thought Jordan Peele, uh, his writing and directing was spot on. It's got great cinematography. It's got cool Easter eggs. And the music is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, and that's not even getting on the acting, which, I mean the entire family was awesome. I actually love, um, I think the kid's name's Jason, the little boy. I think he, he does a terrific job. They all do terrific doing their doppelganger. Um, and I would say you have to see it to form your own opinion, but I would say it's willing to go see in theater. I will second that. I think that this is a great movie to see in theaters. I, I'm with you. The acting, Lapita Nyong'o, just I I saw the comparisons to Tony Collette and Hereditary, and I have to say, it's it's on par with that. It's on par with just an absolutely dominating performance uh, in her dual ro- dual ro- roles, if I can say the words correctly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Winston Duke as well. Uh, really, yes. prior to this movie coming out, everybody was talking about Lapita Nyong'o, and I'm, I kind of walked away and went, "Wow, Winston Duke, uh, who I personally, uh, I'm gonna out myself, but I only knew him from Black Panther, and I liked him in Black Panther. Right. This film is the film that made me go, "What the hell else has that guy done? Because I want to see what else he's been in, because he was just fantastic in both of those roles." Well, in fairness, I feel like he does have a very young career. And yes, him in, uh, in Black Panther as Umbach, yes. like he was very menacing. He's very powerful. And I thought they did a very good job of like toning him down so much as like a normal guy. Because like when you see Umbach, he's huge, he's powerful. But this guy is just a family man. And then his doppelganger doesn't even come off like super powerful menacing either he just comes off like a michael myers killer yes um and i thought yeah exactly the same thing i think both 
both the lead actors in this movie do such a terrific job and it was great seeing these like fresh faces that we don't normally get in these movies do superb jobs yeah the the thing with winston duke specifically that i loved is as you said he's he's very big he's very brooding he's very intimidating in black panther but in this one he is corny dad he is that right. jokes galore. He is that guy. He's he's such a fun presence in this film that uh, really just has a sense of dread from the very beginning of the film all the way to the final moments of the film. And the score, as you mentioned, plays a huge part in creating that dread, as well as Jordan Peele's direction, cinematography, uh, and all of that stuff that goes into it. So I'm with you. I, I definitely say that this is something to see in theaters. Uh, I'm right. I, I, I'm finding it a little hard to continue talking about it without yeah diving into some of those spoilers because uh, yeah. there are a lot to get into. <laughs> yeah, I say we just save it for the spoiler review. But you got two reviews right here that say go see it in yes, theater. So absolutely. we will dive deeper into our thoughts after our interview with the wonderful Nick from Slashing Cast. Uh, Riley graced us about seven or eight episodes ago. And now we get to do a part two interview with um, Nick, the other host of Slash and Cast on YouTube. Yeah, and this is uh, this is going to be a really fun interview. We're going to get into a lot of cool things, uh, what Slash and Cast is up to, kind of what Nick is up to. <laughs> I, I, lo I love finding out how people like Nick and everybody just kind of finds the horror genre so obviously we dive into that with him favorite horror film all that great stuff so uh without any further ado welcome to the podcast let's hear from nick from slashing cast all right right now we are joined by nick from slashing cast thank you for joining us dude hey thanks for having me uh glad i get to finally share my side of the story that's how I've been like thinking about this the whole time. I just wanted to like throw some kind of shade, like, all right, now let's get the real story. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> but, what, uh, what is the real story, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for joining us, and you know, we'll just jump into this right now. Like, you're a part of a big horror podcast. It's it's all over YouTube. You guys have your own podcast show, but we want to know. Where did horror start for you? Like, what was your first taste of either a movie or a live event? Like, what got you into it? Well, uh, that's where me and Riley really differentiate. He's uh, He's been the lifelong horror fan. I, I've just been molded into it. Um, so uh, we wanted to start a podcast when we were in high school, me and a bunch of buddies. Um, and we did that and that wasn't actually a horror podcast that was just uh entertainment based movie tv even music and sometimes sports Ugh. and uh <laughs> you know it, it, we you know our average of like four viewers uh you know really discouraged some of the other guys and they they just quit and it was uh left it was really just me and riley um and just you know hanging out with him obviously i'm gonna get into some horror background and I think what he he showed me first, because I was never into horror, really. I, I mean, I watch Halloween every Halloween with my parents, shit like that. Um, I think he showed me Scream. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I love the, you know, the self-aware and the comedy with the horror, too. Um, and just built it up from there. Again, just hanging out with him, watching more different horror. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of... I was a late bloomer when it comes to horror, but... Uh, but uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad it was a different experience, and I got that 
progression to tell now. That's a well, pretty cool right there, actually. Sorry, Zach, sorry, Zach. I wanted to jump in on that really fast because I think that's yeah, really cool. Uh, but he's he like it's cool that you came in really late and that he kind of guided you. Have you now had the chance to kind of guide somebody else, like kind of pass um, that torch as well, where you're like, yo, I know you don't like this, but come on over, let's watch Scream. <laughs> um, a little bit with uh with my girlfriend. She she was a, a horror fan and loved uh Friday Thirteenth the game, and that's how we met. Um, and yeah, I've been getting her into different ty- different kind of horror. So uh, that's and that's been kind of fun to see. And uh, yeah, molding someone as I was molded. Yeah. Well, okay. So Friday the Thirteenth and obviously Scream and Halloween are slashers. Do you have any like favorites outside that genre? Is there like The Exorcist or anything like that kind of toot your horn? Um, I mean, yeah, slasher is definitely my favorite uh, subgenre. But I can enjoy uh, enjoy a good Conjuring type movie. Uh, definitely uh, into some Gaios a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean. I don't. I don't discriminate. I, I. I'm a watcher of all horror, but slasher is definitely my my uh, my go-to. Now, Nick, really quickly, is you say that you kind of don't discriminate, but is there that one style that you might be hesitant to kind of jump towards, like uh, say the Eli Roth torture porn, Saw stuff like that, or is, is it really fair game on everything? Um, I mean, you get to some of that French extreme stuff and I'm like, I wouldn't go to it, but if I was told, Hey, you know, this one's really good. Like the first saw and even, you know, a couple of the saw sequels before they start getting really bad. Um, yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely watch those, uh, torture porn, you know, again, it's not my first choice, but, uh, if, if I hear it's good, I'll watch it. Yeah. I think something besides just gore has to come to the table like a good story or something like that now you guys are making horror movies and speaking of like all that just to touch on the filmmaking for a second you guys are making your own stuff do you find it hard to create this kind of content and also what's your favorite and least favorite thing about making movies Oh man, uh, you asked me at different stages in production, and uh, it'll be a little different. Um, definitely, definitely love writing. Uh, definitely love the creating part, and then thinking it in our heads. Um, when we're actually there, the long hours kind of suck. Um, mm-hmm. But looking looking back at it, like we filmed uh, part of our uh, our Friday Thirteenth fan film last summer, reviving Camp Blood, and that uh. The, me and Riley were the first two up and the f- last to go to bed. Um, but looking back at it, uh, it it wasn't as bad as it was in the moment. Uh, and then also just sitting and waiting. I, I don't know how to edit, so mm-hmm. I start to get a little antsy, and I'm like, oh, can you can you hurry up and uh, edit this faster? And he's like, well, well, no, I can't. I'm going as fast as I can. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that part's difficult. Uh, but... But yeah, I mean, each different stage has its different uh, different challenges. And uh, if I had to pick one, I think think being in the heat of production might be uh, might be have a little bit of an edge over everything else. That's pretty cool. Sorry, stuff my right there. my buds writing stuff down. Yeah, 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 no, 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 because I think that's really cool right there that that you guys are getting into the filmmaking and all that. Because uh, Zach dabbles in that stuff more than I do, and all that fun stuff but 
uh, I guess kind of to piggyback off of the filmmaking type of thing, uh, you say heat, heat of the production. Like, what part of that production? Is it, like, right in the middle of the, like, the actual filming of the scenes and watching it all kind of unfold in the heat of production? Or are they kind of gathering everybody up and knowing that, oh, this thing's actually happening right now. We're about to make a film. I mean, yeah, that's that definitely getting everybody together uh, and, you know, sitting them down and saying, all right, y'all got to buy in. I know it's going to be tough. I know it's going to be long hours. I know you're probably going to be hungry. Um, and then watching, watching them, you know, get out of their comfort zone. A lot of these uh, people that we work with aren't actors. Uh, they, they, they've never acted before. They just were like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, get a hangout, whatever. And seeing them, uh, you know, expand out of their comfort zone uh, and, you know, working well with others, too. That's a big one. That's always fun to see. And then, I mean, just seeing our creation in our minds come to life is also uh, also really rewarding. Yeah. Well, okay, so you make these things, you get to see them. Um, I know there's, right now, there's a product that's not out yet, so I'm not going to dive into that. But do you ever find it, because Wonderful brought it up about how I dabble into it, do you ever find it weird that you're kind of in a world about making these films and then going to see horror films is... Is it hard to watch something and being like, oh, I could do that better. Oh, that's too hard. I wouldn't touch that. Do you ever do that with your thinking? Oh, 100 uh, percent. I mean, it's it's really easy to look at something and say, oh, I could have done that better. But, um, you know, I feel like we could do so much more if we had, you know, more of a budget and more of an opportunity. So, uh, so yeah, I'm definitely looking at different things to be like, Oh, if I made that movie, I could definitely do this better, this better, develop this character better, uh, for sure. And then, yeah, like something like Halloween, like, uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. I watched that and I'm just like, Nope, couldn't, couldn't do anything better than that. <laughs> Not touching That's, that one. Jack. Ex exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really fun to sit there and uh, and then brainstorm different things like, oh, how could I make that better? Could I? Could I not? And yeah, definitely, uh, definitely do that sometimes. We do have Nick from Slash and Cast. He's hanging out with us right now. Uh, felt like it was time to kind of reset. We've been so locked into this conversation, having a good time with you. But uh, I, I mentioned Slash and Cast because that is really why you're here. You are one half of Slash and Cast. Uh, we had Riley on when this show was all of like four episodes old. Uh, but I wanted to get your get your thoughts on this because I've been watching you guys kind of saw that you've, you've really had your fingers on the pulse of the Friday the 13th at least game lawsuit through the Slash and Cast site. Uh, the last time you talked about it, you said there was nothing really to kind of get our hopes held up on. You got your finger on the pulse. Do, do we have anything to have our hopes uh, kind of get our hopes up a month later? <laughs> take um, that as a no <laughs> well well since the last time since you talked to riley uh i assume or the last time we even had larry on uh horror inc did withdraw their appeal but everyone's saying that it's just for technical reasons which could have been as simple as a a spelling error um, or a grammatical error so uh, they haven't refiled as of as of yet which is kind of interesting i don't know how long they have to refile um, definitely at the next step, we're going to, uh, talk to Larry, see what he's, uh, what he's thinking. Uh, and yeah, especially getting the game, but as a franchise as a whole, just back on track. Yeah. 
Um, they they did announce in between time that it's coming to the Switch. Now, do you think this is going to bring a lot of new players to it? And do you plan on playing it on that device? Well, of course, we're going to get it on the Switch. I mean, <laughs> nothing better than slashing, slashing counselors on the go. But, right. Um, but... But yeah, I think uh, I don't know if it's going to be as huge as you know the PlayStation, the Xbox uh, releases, but um, but I definitely think there's going to be some different people that I, I haven't had the opportunity to play yet come into the Switch, and I definitely think that can be a uh, a uh, a decent platform to play on. Hopefully, the graphics aren't as bad as like uh, we've seen on Dead by Daylight. Uh, just seeing the previews of that coming to the Switch and other games just gr- graphically don't look as good. Hopefully uh, we can combat some of that and uh, and it doesn't look like garbage. <laughs> right. Um, so to really quickly follow that, I'll be honest, I'm an old man. I don't know how <laughs> technology works. I just have many leather-bound books. But... I would like to ask just because I play Rocket League and they just started the cross-platforming, is it possible to cross-platform a game like this? Well, uh, on the, one of the episodes of uh, Gun Streams, they, they talked about cross-platform, and it's not impossible, but it's very expensive. Right. So um, he said... Probably not, unless a miracle happens. Say, you know, Horror Inc. lifts the ban, and they can uh, they can make content again, and they find a team that ma- can make the content again, and the Switch release goes really good. Then maybe cross platform can come, but uh, but I don't think I don't I wouldn't expect it to come to uh, Friday Thirteenth game. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I uh, wanted to get your thoughts really quickly. I know you guys kind of talk about this on the Slashing Cast podcast. Uh, thoughts on the recent updates that came not too long ago on the game because I feel like it's it's a better game now with uh, the rage update I assume yes, you're talking about yes 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 definitely definitely it, it definitely made Jason scarier again and how he should have been in the first place Jason was a bitch before this <laughs> he was I mean you could just stand by a door and you got him like he's gonna get hit he's gonna fall over and now with this uh this rage update it definitely feels more balanced and anybody who who dislikes it you know there's a a majority of the people that dislike it haven't played it enough and haven't got used to it yet um i mean some people obviously just aren't gonna like it but jason definitely needed that buff and uh, we're we're both really really excited that it finally came, and it definitely changed changed the game and changed a lot of how people play. Now, to right. quickly follow that up, Nick, would you have any pointers for those haters that haven't played it enough? Where it's like, yeah, you don't like it because maybe you should try this when Jason gets raged. Yeah, it definitely you need to plan plan the the way you play really throughout the whole game. You can't go battle Chad and just find every weapon and walk up and hit him until it breaks. Go get another weapon. You got to plan those hits very strategically to to save people um, because once he gets rage, uh, your chances of survival do and should go way down. Okay, I'm taking right. down all of these notes so that when I play later, I can utilize these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we tr- we try to get a big group going on the PS4 when we play, and like we try to strategize to kill Jason because I want to be like y'all. I want to do <laughs> that because there's something about escaping that kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth now. Like, is that something that 
you guys do? Like, is it killed or be killed? Well, I mean, we started killing Jason just to show how weak he was. And um, we, we enjoy the escape sometimes. But even even now, we can still get those Jason kills. But we have to be a little bit more strategic. Um, I think the last stream we did, we didn't go for Jason kills. And, I mean, we... If you if you're an experienced counselor, you you're still gonna be able to get away. Um, right. So yeah, we can we we like escaping still um, when we just want a little bit of chiller stream. But when we're in uh engaged and we're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna kill him twelve times. Guess what? We're gonna kill him twelve times. Okay. So, all right. Well, we've talked a lot about Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, I, I don't want to hang up on that just because I feel like. You guys are more than just Friday the 13th, but I do think you guys have that video game niche where, like, there's not a lot of videos I watch. I mean, I do see it occasionally, like Sleeve Biker. I do watch those, but to kind of go off of Friday the 13th, do you have a favorite horror game that you've played other than that? or And is there something that you're looking forward to the future I may not know about? Um, Friday Thirteenth is definitely my favorite horror game. I'm a big fan of uh, Until Dawn, Outlast. Um, la- the original Layers of Fear was uh was very mm-hmm. good as well, very fun. If you haven't played the new Layers of Fear, definitely got to check it out because Layers of Fear Two is coming. It's planned for this year. Uh, right. They just actually had a stream that just wrapped up a few minutes ago, uh, talking about Layers of Fear Two. There, they have a panel at PAX East. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe we'll get a release date then. By the time this is out, you'll know a release date. That'd be um, sweet. Yeah, Layers of Fear 2 is definitely something to look forward to. If I had to pick other than Friday the 13th, I'd probably pick Until Dawn as my favorite uh, favorite horror game. That was Nice. Good, good pick. That was a good one. That, was, that one scared the crap out of me, and I played it at Zach's house on a Friday the 13th, actually, is when I finished the game. <laughs> the same night we yep. went to go see The Bye Bye Man, which Ugh, I wish to God we never did that. <laughs> 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 did you ever see the bye bye man nick yeah okay. i wish i did <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that was not a fun night not uh, at all no but zach mentions a lot of other things that you guys do as well you know and asked you about the games but i wanted to kind of i'm gonna crash course here for a second i noticed that by the time this comes out you might be a little bit into your bracket but you guys have the bracket for horror films going on right now, like 1980s horror movies, uh, 1990s horror movies, 60s, 70s. Uh, dude, this is such a cool thing you guys are doing right now over on your Twitter. Yeah, um, so we we actually wanted to do this last year, but we just ran out of time, and it, we were sitting on it and sitting on it. Um, yeah, our horror March Madness, where uh, each section of the bracket is a different decade, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and there's eight movies in each decade, and we just we sit down and we battle it out and see which one you know is better than the other which then moves on and moves on and it's a lot of fun uh we're actually going to be posting videos uh definitely by the time this is out uh we're gonna have a couple episodes up uh we're releasing uh one video on the whole 60s corner of the bracket then the whole 70s 80s 90s and then 
we're going to do the final four we'll have a separate video and then the finals will have a separate video and the finals are going to be really in depth we're, we're going to break down each category and uh and uh both of us are going to have a scale on one to ten and that that's going to be a really fun there's we've recorded a couple of those episodes uh, a couple upsets in there it's going to be uh going to be a good time as all brackets you know have upsets but yeah definitely uh definitely a fun experiment and i mean a lot of editing and a lot of time put into uh getting it all 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 uh, all out there i mean looking right. at this bracket right here just having evil dead 2 versus the shining in the first round as a four versus five in the 1980s that's that's i mean, personally i know which one i'd hope wins that one evil dead 2 but that's a classic in the shining yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, one of our categories is uh, is how much influence it had on other oh. other or other uh, movies and and not just in the horror genre as well. That's one of our uh, categories we have. So, yeah, it's uh, uh it's damn hard you, than, Ready uh, Player One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Some of uh, some of the movies we we like are going to fall to just better movies. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting, and it's hopefully going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to these. Now, this is one of the new things that you're doing you get to play with this year. Is there anything down the pipe that you're looking forward to that you're going to bring to the show? Um. Well, I know we've definitely uh, had some discussions about some future stuff. We want to try to do... Um, a movie review a horror movie review every single day of October mm -hmm. uh, which we, tr we actually we did do that back in 2016 we actually just privated those because we want to go back and uh, and redo some of those films um so yeah, I mean, don't hold us to that. We definitely want to. We're gonna see how much time we have, uh, you know, in in September uh, before we start doing that. Um, we have a couple things up our sleeves. Again, we have our horror awards next January. We have we have looking forward to, and we've already started working on that. Wow. Because um, that's just, I mean, weeks worth of work. In right. That. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, we're going to have a different kind of March Madness bracket next year. So, uh, and then of course, that's just all the stuff we have discussed. There's still going to be stuff coming up in our, in our minds. And when they have our next production meeting, uh, throw it out there, see if we can get a, get it done. So a lot of stuff to look forward to. Now we know Riley has what he wants basically out of this. Like he wants his own channel. Like this is, this is basically competing with the Netflix what do you want to do with slash and cast? Well, what, uh, I, I think we're mostly on the same page. We definitely want to, um, keep doing what we're doing, uh, keep getting the opportunities that we're getting, uh, especially, uh, expanding our website we had a uh, horror news going on there for a while but we just couldn't keep up with school and stuff like that we want to get that up there and be one of the main sources of horror whether that be text whether that be videos um we want to do that we still want to still make some independent films here and there obviously if we uh if we had a chance to make the next friday the 13th movie i think we'd think about it <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it was weird. He, uh, actually, well, I mean, my degree is in aviation administration and I don't plan on using that. I want to keep doing what we're doing now. Um, and his degree is in, uh, film and, uh, media and communications. Uh, so 
but he he's you know stepped away from you know being the big next big Hollywood director uh, as he said and he just wants to be he wants to keep doing what we're doing and expanding and just building a community uh, a community of horror fans community of you know new get people into the horror genre and uh, and yeah just keep building what we what we already got and it's a lot of fun a lot of fun Nick, man, we don't want to take up a lot more of your time. Uh, you've been kind enough to grace us with, with the long presence of your time so far on the show. Uh, so figured we'd have a little bit of fun here as we start to wrap it up. Kind of Zach and myself just kind of spitball some rapid-fire questions your way. This could range from anything, man, to like your favorite drink to, I guess, the first question, which is, what is your favorite Friday the 13th map? Map? Yeah. Uh... I think if I had to choose one, I think I would pick Pinehurst just because it's really cool seeing the movie come to life. All right. Then what is your favorite Friday the 13th movie? Favorite movie, I think, is part six, but part eight has a has a really special place. Brad. Wow. All right. Uh, what is the best kill you can recall off the top of your head in any horror movie? any horror movie um i think just because it's on my mind i think the uh in the original hatchet when he just pulls the the girl's jaw completely yes. 180 uh mm. i think i think that's yeah just off the top of my head that's what i can think of and it's really dope who wins michael freddie or jason i think well maybe freddie just because he can get them yes. while they sleep i i, I imagine they sleep yes <laughs> if <laughs> If Michael and Jason don't sleep, then then maybe maybe Jason, if Freddy's in the real world, if he doesn't have his powers. So, but I think uh, if if Michael and uh, Jason f- sleep, then Freddy wins. Are you a Coke or Pepsi guy? I had to throw a curveball. <laughs> had to throw a curveball at you. <laughs> um, I prefer Fountain Coke, but bottled in canned Pepsi. Oh, fascinating! That's, see, I knew it would be an interesting Ooh. answer. <laughs> Who is your favorite final girl? Ooh. Ooh. I think I got to go with the best final girl, and that's Sydney Prescott. Nice. Ooh, Although Tree nice. from Happy Death Day is, is a very close second. I love right? Happy Death Day. Mm, yeah. Tree is probably like 21st century modern day. I forget where I saw it. I think it was uh, from Bloody... Uh-huh. What'd you say, Wendy? Nothing. I'm waiting on you. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. I was about to say no. I saw. I think it was from Bloody Disgusting's writer that what if she was Captain Marvel? And I threw my hands up and was like, "That's who it should have been." But yeah, that, that's be neither insane. here there. Yeah, that's that'd be neither insane. here there. <laughs> um, okay, what is your least favorite thing about online playing with Friday the Thirteenth? <laughs> with with Friday the Thirteenth, honestly, it's probably just cheaters, people that continue to uh, to use a DLL file and don't get banned, speed hacks, stuff like that. That's that's just annoying, man. You can do it in your private matches, but don't bring it in and ruin other people's experience. Right. What is the best counselor? In the game, yeah. Like who? Who's your go-to? Who? Who? Who do you gotta have? Um, Lachapa, but only Lachapa, but only if he's wearing the uh, the the wrestling outfit, Andre the Giant outfit. Lachapa, nice. nice, nice. I like that. Um, awesome. Those were our quick fire yeah. rapid questions. Um, before we go though, it is a haunts podcast, and I would like to ask you a couple of things about uh, Halloween Horror Nights now. 
before we came on, you've brought to our attention that you've never been there, but you've heard about it. What have you heard about Universal's Halloween Horror Night? Uh, I've heard it's a lot of fun. They build houses, and uh, <laughs> and I mean, on I mean, really, they just honor uh, horror movies, and it's a really fun experience for horror. For fans, from what I've heard, Riley got to go. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the cool thing about it, because I feel like every state has their own, like, haunts that you can go to during Halloween, but what I think is a draw is the fact that they use intellectual properties, such as Freddy vs. Jason or something like that, and I feel like that's what brings outsiders in, and it seems like the community is very like, oh, we like our original houses, so I feel like the Floridians are very like, they don't understand what brings us to it. Do you ever plan to go to such an event, and is it because that they, like you said, honor movies? Um, well, we we are trying to uh, to plan a little little horror YouTuber get together in uh, in Orlando this year. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we can uh, go do that, and it should be uh, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. That's, That's fantastic. Cool. You need to let me know those dates because yeah. if it winds up on when we're planning to go, that'd be kind of fantastic. For, for sure. Yeah, we're looking at some October dates, but uh, you know, we'll have our people get in touch with your people and <laughs> of, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but well, we, thank you for coming on, dude. Yeah, nah, thank man, you. Thanks for thanks for having me. It's it's uh it's been a lo- lot of fun hanging out. I'll do it again anytime. Oh, trust me. When we get closer to October, September, because we got a Friday the 13th in September and I believe in December, and I plan on uh, working some magic to get both of you and Riley on. Ooh, for sure. For sure, yeah. Awesome, dude. Uh, before you go, please plug everything and anything you got. Um, well, definitely uh, subscribe to Slash and Cast. Go to YouTube, type in Slash and Cast. That'd be the quickest way. Slashcast.com will also get you there. Uh, your Twitter at SlashingCast, uh, Instagram at SlashingCast. Just follow us there. It's uh, if you like horror, uh, you're, hopefully you like us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I think that's uh, that's all I got. Thanks for having me again. Thank you, Nick from uh, SlashingCast. There for joining us. Uh, that was a, that was a lot of fun. Uh, would love to have those guys back on again, Zach. Yeah, I would love to actually maybe do a live stream or just actually Ooh. play Friday the 13th with them uh, one time. But yeah, just go to Google, type in Slash and Cast. They're on YouTube. They have their own podcast, Make Every Death Count, which you can listen to that podcast uh, weekly. But uh, yeah, yeah, good times. Good times. So uh, with that being said... Uh, from this point forward, you can pause the podcast and come back to it at a later time if you have not seen the movie Us yet, because we're going to start spoiling the fuck out of this film. I apologize <laughs> for my language, but it's kind of the only way to say it. we are going to spoil this thing. We are going to literally tell you every single moment of this movie, uh, beat by beat, scene by scene. <laughs> like, Okay, maybe not that extreme, but we are going to spoil it. <laughs> we are doing a live rereading. I will be playing Winston Duke's character. And I will be Lupita Nyong'o. Absolutely. Books perfectly. <laughs> Is that a good um, laugh? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, we're basically just going to dive deep into this. Yes. And like, because like you said, I think this is one of the few movies that... 
you really can't talk about it. I had a hard time talking about it with my wife who didn't go see it, but she did read like spoilers and stuff like that because she wanted to know what everybody was talking about, but knew that she wouldn't go see it. So it was kind of hard to have a full fledged conversation with her about it. Yes. And I would 100% agree with you on that because like I was, I was trying to tell people uh, here at the radio station I work at uh, about it. And I was like, yeah, there's, there's one thing that I made me laugh that I shouldn't have laughed at. And actually somebody looked at me, but it was more because of the shot and kind of, and kind of this and that, but I can't tell you what the fuck it is because you haven't seen it and it would spoil something like it. It's right. really hard to talk about. So, uh, I guess we'll do a, a quick countdown from three. And from that moment on, we will just, we'll spoil the, the movie. <laughs> so hey, you, you will not have to go see it if that's your goal. Exactly. So, uh, here we go. Three, two, one, it is spoiler review time. If you are still listening, then uh, this is your fault, and this is on you at this point. But Jordan Peele's Us, man, uh, I don't even know where to begin with this because I thought, uh, like like we said back at the start of this, I thought this movie was great, but my God, man, I it's such a, conf- not even confusing, it's such a thinking movie. Well, I mean, it's, I think it is kind of fair to say confusing because I'm still, there's still... A couple. There's one thing that's staying in my brain that's on the tip of my tongue, because I I told you this and I've told everybody this, and I, you know I didn't say it at yes. the beginning because I yes. do feel this way. I love 99% of this movie. There's one percent of this movie that I'm not really behind yet, and it's because I need to see either Jordan Peele interviews, I need the commentary for the Blu-ray, I need the rewatch, all this. I think it's a fantastic film. I think there's just one bit of plot I need explanation, and then I can go from being like, oh, that's a good movie to a great movie. Because I think the movie is very good. And I'm curious, because this is the spoiler portion portion of the show, what was that moment? Because you said it to me. I want want our listeners to know what it is. Okay, so if you've seen it and everything, so you're going through this movie where, you know, the doppelganger has uh, come to this family. You even find out later on that there's all kinds of doppelgangers like the entire world is full of doppelgangers yes which is i'm good with it's all good the part that i'm still puzzled by is that when they start explaining when lapita's uh doppelganger is down underneath red and walking around with you know the doppelganger father and mother and stuff like she's looking around and you're looking at everybody and they're dressed in all the same clothes that all those people would be wearing. And they're doing the motions like, you know, uh, they're they're basically on a roller coaster. So if people are on a roller coaster, they're doing the roller coaster actions, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, and then like the one that kind of, okay, you can say that makes sense of like, you know, shows the people eating food and then you see the doppelgangers eating like cold rabbit and stuff like that. So I guess my my problem is, is that I don't have an explanation of what exactly was going on down there of making them, A, do that, B, wear the same clothes that all of them were wearing. Um, okay, Uh See, to me, a lot of it was, uh, 
I took it as because the movie opens with the hands across America scene and Jordan Peele kind of really lays into the imagery of 1986 America. And what I took from a lot of that was when they said government experiment, because that's what you come to find out, that this was a government experiment. Lupita Nyong'o's character, uh, Adeline, is the actual... Uh, yeah, Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide. I, I got the name wrong there for a second, so it took me off. But Adelaide uh, is the above-ground character. Red is the below-ground character, the tethered version of her, because that's what they were called, the tethered. Um, right. And the, the thing that I took from it was when Red is explaining, you know, we were a government experiment and we were abandoned. To me, I took all of that as that's the thing, that some way the government, America in and of itself, had cloned everybody went underground and was screwing with these things and then did the typical United States of America thing. And the minute we were like, eh, we're done with this, we just abandoned it. Uh, so we left all these people unattended underground, all these clones that we had created. So that's where I think the similarities came in is that all of these people were clones. So like when they're riding the roller coaster, those people that are putting their hands up are connected to their tether in that way, that that's kind of what it is. But I don't know. Like, like, like you said, is this is one of those weird movies? One of those really kind of it felt Twilight Zone ish as well in ways, uh, with the whole doppelganger aspect of it as well. But I, I really, I, I really am leaning more on the government aspect of it, just the abandonment thing. On kind of that's where the connection comes in through some form of cloning. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely understand the cloning aspect of it. I dig the fact that. You know, the government made all these people. We had all there's all these tunnels all over America because that's what they tell you at the beginning, that they're just tunnels that no one even knows why there's tunnels there. But yeah. they're there. Um, and I can get behind all of that. But like I said, the only thing I'm having a hard time with is that. I get that they're clones and I could even get that they're going to meet up. Like she gets curious because you know, the above ground version got curious and went below. So they're both going to find themselves. I just think maybe until I can hear why they're doing that, that's what my holdup is because I'm completely behind that aspect of the clone that's not what bothers me the symbolism love it I, I mean I completely get it and I understood what they're going for because at okay so to get more into the spoilers so yes. when you're watching this movie you just think it's this family that they're following so you think the one little evil girl is back to come get them but to come to find out there's also this other family um oh, I believe her name's Elizabeth Moss yeah yeah the, the girl from, from Hulu yes the Hulu show yeah, hands yeah. Handsmaid's Tale. Yes, 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 yes. So she and her family are also on vacation. So they're friends with them. Um, and at one point they're in their house and they hear noises and such. And you're supposed, I feel like you're expecting that it's going to be the tethered family of Lupita's. But then all of a sudden, boom, it's another version of them. Uh, really quickly, so, really quickly. Can yeah. I just say? I loved that entire sequence of the movie and thought that was Jordan Peele uh, really on top of his game. The banter yeah. between the wife, uh, Elizabeth Moth, Moss, and uh, Tim Heidecker, who played her husband, yeah. that like, I heard yeah. a noise, go get him. I'm in my comfy chair. No, I don't want to <laughs> go. That right there was a moment of, 
that is a typical family. Uh, yes, exactly. And then the death sequence that comes when the reveal comes that it is their doppelgangers coming out. I loved how we didn't lay into the gore because that's what a typical kind of young horror director would do or a typical studio movie would do is lean into the death. He pulls the shot out and you see it all happening from the driveway. Yeah. That whole scene. Yeah, I, Sorry, I had to jump in on that because that was no, one no, of my no, no, favorite cool. moments of the movie where, because I, I was like, you could have gone with excessive blood and gore here, but you didn't. You let us see this from afar and that drew uh, a moment from my audience crowd of <gasps> just a reaction. Yes. Of, Holy shit. Like, what the? Yeah, we all reacted to that. Um, I also really loved, by the way, going back to like attention to detail is that earlier in the beach scene when uh, the main family were following um, the Wilson family, like they meet Elizabeth Moss's family and like you see the daughters and the one daughter's like doing cartwheels but being pretty crappy at it. Yeah. And you can see she's just practicing. But then when the tethered version of uh, Elizabeth Moss's family comes in. Yes. The one daughter is doing creepy, like, cartwheels through the back, like, like hallways and stuff like that. And I thought that was spot on great detail. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you on that. And a big shout out to those, uh, those twins, uh, Kaylee yes. and Noel, because if you don't know, they actually played Ross and Rachel's young baby on Friends in the final season. So they are from Friends. That is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I love that. Yeah. So uh, congratulations um, to them on being in uh, Jordan Peele's Us. <laughs> yeah. Good job, guys. Good job. Um, Way to go. <laughs> your career started at Friends and it goes to a murder house. I love yes. it. But I agree <laughs> with you about the like, there is gore. There's nothing too overly done. Like there is definitely impactful scenes, but I think he, he definitely captured that like John Carpenter. I don't have to show the kill kind yes. of deal Yes, because everything that he was doing, I definitely like did a Ooh, ah, that hurt. Yeah. Um, and from there, so now we know there's more people, um, there, they're actually looking on the news and they're seeing like this is happening everywhere. They've already escaped uh, the tethered family once, Lupita's family. They've they've escaped once and like uh, they get to a point where Jason is kidnapped by Red. Yes. And so, um, yeah. Uh, what's Lupita's character? I can't remember it at all. Uh, Adelaide. Adelaide, God, I can't remember that name. But Adelaide now goes after uh, the child. So at the beginning, you see her go through this vision quest like uh, Maze House, House of Mirrors. And um, that's where she meets Red. So she goes back to that same one, now redesigned in some kind of Merlin's beard gimmick. Yeah. Um, and like goes straight down to this this tethered world where like all these bunnies it's a rabbit hole it's a, it's a good symbolism of rabbit hole that she's going down she meets red and they have kind of a epic uh duel at this point and this is the this is the part that i said it's kind of like I can't figure out what's happening or why the clones are doing and dressed the same way. The The one way that I can describe it and the only way I can is that 
it's got all it's got to have some kind of different message as well it has to have something spiritual like angels and demon stuff because i feel like as much as there's good there's bad there's good there's evil and i feel that's going to play into it and if i can get that confirmation from jordan peele that will be awesome because they talk a lot of biblical things in here with joshua 11 11 and stuff like or jeremiah right Yes, 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 yes. Jer- Jeremiah eleven eleven is shown in the beginning, and uh, I'm gonna find what that means again because throughout. somebody, yeah, it, it, yes, it's shown throughout uh, a lot yeah. of it. Uh, therefore, thus, therefore, thus saith the Lord: Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will, I will not hearken unto them. That's what that means. That's what Jeremiah right. eleven eleven means. So yeah. Uh, right. I, I remember seeing that and I was like, it it so yeah, I'm with you. It kinda has a little bit more I, I think there's a little more of a message there with that. Uh I yeah. really, really, really want to say that when when we were about to start the spoiler review and I was telling you that there was somebody here at work that I was trying to explain, I laughed at a moment where I shouldn't have laughed. It was at that mm-hmm. moment when Adelaide was starting to go down to face red. Only a fucking escalator keeps them apart. Like that to yeah. me was so that to me was that visual when I saw the escalator is what made me laugh in the theater where people were like that's not funny this isn't funny and I'm like no I'm not laughing at the movie or thinking something's funny I'm laughing cuz I went holy crap the only thing separating the tethered from us is an escalator that is yeah. that to me was just such a I was like I would never have thought of that I ne- like yeah. Bravo, Jordan Peele. That was a good. I really liked that. Uh, you bring up, and I feel like we should say it now. We're we're a little into the to the review as well. I feel like because uh, you mentioned why they're dressed that way, what what they're doing, and all that stuff. I feel like that has a lot to do with the big twist that comes at the very very end of the movie, where Adelaide starts having the flashbacks, and you realize that. Which, again, good restraint on Jordan Peele in the opening sequence when she's walking through the Forbidden Forest to not go for the obvious jump scare that was there in the opening 10 minutes of this movie and instead to wait to the very end for that reveal, which shows you that Red and Adelaide actually switched. Uh, Adelaide is actually Red. Red is actually Adelaide. And I think that comes back and harkens back to the Hands Across America because the real version of Adelaide was watching that right before she went to that that carnival and that fair uh, and then ended up underground. So to her, that image of 80s, I, I feel like I got a lot of 1980s kind of pop culture in that with the red. Uh, and red popped out throughout a lot of this movie and really the red apple, the red this, the red that, like red was up there through a lot. The one glove representing Michael Jackson of the time as well. The scissors representing cutting themselves away from the tethered. So we're we're cutting away from you. We're killing you with the scissors. Like I feel like there was a lot of symbolism throughout a lot of this. A lot of really smart moments. Yeah, I, um, I I I will say that yes, I think my theater did do that kind of gasp thing. Um, I'm not going to lie though. I kind of feel. Like if you didn't solve within at least a half hour of this movie that they switched, I I don't know. I don't find I don't find the big twist 
a big twist. I didn't find and, that to be the biggest twist. I did not find that to be the biggest twist because I'm with you. Honestly, the moment the moment the mother was like, I just want my daughter back, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, that ain't yeah. her daughter. That's that's the doppelganger. Uh, yeah, you know. and, and I mean, like, there's so many, there's so many points that you can see it. I mean, like, from the get-go, like, when the parents are at with the therapist and they're yeah. like, oh, she hasn't talked yeah. in a long time. Well, no crap. She doesn't know how to talk. Yeah, that was then, the moment for me where I was like, Psh. She's the doppelganger, yeah, that's, bitch. That's how, and that's exactly what hit it with me. So I don't necessarily want to give him twist praise because I feel like, and and rightfully so, he peppered it in there. Oh yeah, so much. Like he gave so many hints that it almost felt like, okay, this is for the cherry on top of the dum dums that didn't figure it <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like just to give that final. Oh, by the way, in case if you didn't know, here you go. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when people say it's a twist, it's kind of, well, I feel like how we said earlier, the fact that there's, it, it's told that this is everybody has a doppelganger kind of thing. To me, that's the bigger twist because this seemed like a very condensed horror movie now is a global. U.S. Yeah. global thing. And the last shot is pretty amazing where it's going through the uh. mountains. And it was kind of cool because like I thought to myself, do I leave or do I, you know, I watch till I see some credits and I'm glad I stayed because when they show you the shot of all the tethered, like holding hands, hands across America, and it's across America. Like that was awesome. And it's again, I, I think my biggest issue is I don't want a sequel. I really don't. No. I think, I think this movie just said everything it needed to say. I think I would like, a Jordan Peele commentary to confirm the kind of thoughts that I'm having because I know a lot of people have been saying the symbolism stuff and I'm not saying there isn't but I feel like a lot of people talk for Jordan Peele and I want to hear Jordan Peele say it. I I did get to watch uh, an interview he did with MTV where he talked about it a little bit and you know they were like well Get Out was this is this have we feel like this has tones of F Trump's America and he immediately was like no this isn't really a political film this is more of a just things that scare me I he he revealed That's in that interview what I thought. yeah he revealed in that interview actually something really interesting which was that he said he always has been afraid of running into his other self that growing up in New York City he used to see himself on the other side of the subway platform and that always terrified him so that's kind of what he was going for with this is what scares me I'm gonna make a movie that of things that scare me and then kind of went on to like it, it's cathargic it, you know like it helps me overcome my fears and all of this so that's what I do when I write these films they're not going in intentionally trying to be a specific way but he did say that you know but he did point out as well he's like I know I did heavily lay in all that American pop and iconic imagery in the opening with the hands across America and all throughout the course of the film as well he does it but I never took it so much as an anti-Trump type of film or an anti-you-know-this-or-that type of film. I just took it as a, a horror film of doppelgangers. But Well, that's what I... So I watched an interview as well of him, and he never mentioned any of the symbolism and stuff like that, and I agree. I feel 
that there are things that he puts in it because he does find, oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Let me like the hands across America. He's like, this was supposed to be beautiful, but there is something a little creepy about it. I think that would add on to what scares me, like you said, because he made a monster movie and I find his monster movie good, very good. I find that it's the public that tries to overpower and tell us, oh, it's so much more. It's Steven Spielberg-esque. This is Citizen Kane. And I'm like, no, the man made a horror movie and it's a really good movie. Yeah. Like to me, that's what you kind of walk away with. Like I said, he directs it great. The acting's superb. The music is beautiful. To me, that's a good movie. I don't need someone else to tell me, oh, this is what it really means. I just need Jordan Peele to tell me this is everything I thought. And like I said, I'm going to own it. And I I don't think I've ever wanted a commentary so badly in my life (laughs) because I want to hear him tell me what he was going through in the process and stuff like that because I want to hear Jordan Peele tell me what the experience was like. I don't want to hear BuzzFeed tell me what they think it is. Yeah, I don't need uh, people who are already live their world within a political spectrum of if I was to say, I'm going to the bathroom, they'd turn that into... Well, he's using a male bathroom, so he must be this, and he doesn't represent all of these people. It's like, no, that's what? I just said I'm going to pee. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, but are you going to pee stand up or sitting down? Because if you're going to pee stand up, that's male patriarchy. Like, I don't... I don't need those types of people coming out and telling me what to think with my movie. I'm going to go watch my movie, and that's part of what I really liked about this film as well, and honestly really loved about this movie, is the open-endedness, which I think is 100% intentional. Uh, that he doesn't answer specific questions, that he leaves things open, that he he doesn't need to put a bow on everything the way Get Out was uh, when we got to the third act. He was like, here's the cards. Look at my hand. Right. This is everything. Right. This one was more of a, I'm keeping it close to the chest. I'll show you some things, but I'm keeping the big things to me because those are some of the best horror movies as well. Like when we talk about Rob Zombie remaking Halloween, what's the biggest complaint? Oh, he gave Michael a backstory. What makes Michael so scary? He just kills people. That's it. There's no motivation. There's no, he was a kid that lived in a shithole home and his mom was a stripper and dated a, you know, a guy that beat the hell out of her and he went crazy because he was killing animals for a while. Like, yeah, but in fair enough, this movie does have that kind of same tone of like when you find out Red switched bodies or, and gave, um, upstairs Lupita like (laughs) she got placed downstairs and has to live this life now so you do get empathy you even said it yourself you were like I want to watch this movie again but watch it from the eyes of following red yes and that's fake red that will Um, yeah because I think that's what will help I think that'll answer more questions because I've heard people say that that have gone back to see it a second time that a lot of not a lot of the takes but they get a different view of it because now that we know, you know, that they actually are switched, you're you're looking at things differently. You're seeing things differently. You're seeing and that you picking up on more things that start to explain a little bit better a lot of the things that he didn't fully explain. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a wonderful film. I think it's definitely a go see in theater. If you're a fan of horror movies, I definitely think it's going to have rewatch value. Oh yeah. Um, 
I, I, I just, there's so much to talk about. I, I will even say this out of all the movies I've seen this year, I would probably go on a limb and say it's my favorite so far that wow. I've seen this year. I mean, it's early in the year, obviously. Yeah. So anything can happen, but. And you still haven't I, seen Shazam yet, but I have. <laughs> yes, this is true. And I'm pretty sure that that's going to knock this one out as well. But I mean, like the fact that I'm thinking about this movie is very important to me because if you leave a movie and can automatically forget what happens, then that's a problem. But I'm, I was looking forward to talking to you about this one. Same. And what I really love is that I, we don't necessarily have the same likes or dislikes, but we both overall left liking this movie. And I think what this movie does do is kind of hit on something for everyone. Yes. And I think that I'm, I'm going to enjoy my next watch for looking at it for reds, you know, and by the way, she could talk and no one else could. How the hell did you not know that was her? I, I know, I know that kind of, cause I, I gotta say clicking sounds throughout the movie. How did you not know that was her? I, I gotta say as well. I, I kind of loved that. I loved, uh, as we, we hit on it at the start in the non-spoiler portion. Uh, I loved Winston Duke. <laughs> as he's screaming off to oh. the other ones. Like I was like, that is so fucking that awesome. Was, that was awesome because like, I didn't necessarily know what that meant because like the first thing that popped in my mind, I was like, is he just howling at an animal? Yeah. Like, did he just hear something in the distance and is like trying to scare it off? Or, and then in my mind went, I wonder if there's another one or something, or if he's talking to his family. And then when they show you the other family just getting demolished. Now, I do have a question though. Okay. Do you feel that to go back so at the very beginning and I know it's movie making so that's movie telling basically so Lupita's family is taken by the tethers and they're all sitting down father goes take the one away daughter's chasing the other daughter the two boys go play and then they kind of have a conversation and she's like I'm gonna switch but when we see the other family it was just straight up they walked in and killed them and anybody else got walked up and killed. Do you think that is just storytelling playing out? Or do you think that's, I mean, like I'm saying, is that just, yeah, we need the movie to go. Yeah. We need the movie to, to go for two hours. So they're not going to die immediately. Uh, I thought, I thought it was explained. I thought when red was talking to Adelaide, she kind of was like, when she was doing the whole, like, you got married and I got married. You lived in a world of light. I lived yeah. in a world of darkness and I grew to hate you. And yeah, kind of was the, I'm getting my fucking revenge on you because you stole the life I had yeah. when you choked my ass out and switched places with me. So I'm going to make you right, suffer. 100%. So that's okay. kind of how I, I took that's it. That's what I'm saying. I can take that. I can yeah. take like the reason because, and that <laughs> makes perfect sense. See, this is why I love talking about it because yeah. it makes me look at it as like, Yes, she's the only one that understands what they're doing at yes. this moment by talking and leading the charge. So I guess I do and can see that she would do it this way. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Then yeah, see, boom, it cleared up. Yeah, that's that's that, that part got cleared up. I thought because I, I don't know how your screening was, but that first moment when they met and she was talking, it was kind of hard to understand. It got better uh, when they had the face to face, the mother 
you know, which by the way, my God, I love the fact that she just had nothing more than uh, the fire poker. And she's like, I'm going to go fucking yeah. kill you and get my son back. I'm coming for you. Uh, like, I loved that. I loved that that yeah. was it. Uh, but that moment was easier to understand their conversation where she was explaining a little bit more of like, I'm leading, I'm leading them. They found me as a leader. And when you danced, I danced. Like, I was like, this is easier to understand. But I was kind of doing that. Like, what is she saying? What's happening here? So, but that's the take I got from it is that she grew to hate her because it was the life she had stolen. Yeah. So she was going to make sure that her whole family, real red and real red's family completely suffered. Uh, and that's why they were taking their time with them. But I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Also, I do have to say, uh, Jordan Peele, one thing that I love about him and this shows that he is a true horror movie fan was the logic within the movie that, moment where she looks at her daughter and she goes put your shoes on like mm. oh my god like you don't get those moments in a horror movie they just you just overlook that type of stuff or when the family right. or when the family is sitting there and and they're like i'm driving no you're not driving well i killed more than you well technically i killed more than you like being able okay. to kind of have these horror moments but pull back for a second and give us a little bit of logic and show us like this family's just like you guys they're going to bicker yeah. over the same shit and it it just it gives a little more logic to the film as well in my opinion yeah no i i completely think you need some of those levity moments i mean like he does have a background in comedy so i yeah. would assume that he would put comedy in his movies but he never like either overused it or like underused it and my favorite comedy spot was when elizabeth elizabeth moss's character's dying and she calls calls <laughs> on fake alexa <laughs> to call the police and it plays fuck the police I think that is the most realistic thing I've ever seen in a movie because you can't tell Alexa what to do because she won't do it. Yeah, that 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 drew everybody laughed at that. That's a moment of absolute sheer terror. That's that that whole yeah. sequence is just sheer terror and horror. And there is this great moment of true logical levity, not some dumb just thrown in there for a laugh. But like you said, it's. Alexa never does what the hell you ask her to do and she asks her to do it and she's like oh play fuck the police okay and starts playing it as she dies like I was like oh my goodness <laughs> uh, I also love the shot you mentioned it earlier I love the moment and and I feel like this is kind of a cool not a cool thing but kind of shows as well a little bit of the parallels between them of how we looked at the tethered as my god these are horrible creatures that have no souls that are coming to kill all of you know their other their doppelgangers in the real world but we watch this family that's so quickly to go ahead and just dive into the chaos and start killing their own doppelgangers and then when they're watching the TV one of the twins is just fucking laid out right there in front of them because she went through the glass and they're just chilling right around her watching the TV like nothing's going on like I yeah. that moment drew a nice laugh from my audience as well and it was just again where I was like Jordan Peele you are an incredibly smart man and you have you're like I'm really emerged in this and I love this moment I love this moment of seeing this family that's just so okay we, we're gonna have to get our hands dirty and we're just accepting getting our hands dirty and we are just as violent and vicious as our doppelgangers can be Right. No, I, and you know, like, 
Huh, how can I say this? Like, <laughs> I love Jordan Peele, and I think he's got a great career. I think we're jumping a little too soon of calling him a master of horror. I'm calling him a master of horror, damn it. I don't care. Take now, it to the bank, like, daddy. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's my problem. Both his movies, I like very much so. They have Both of them have not left me leaving the theater terrified. And to be a master of horror, like I will say James Wan is, James Wan has definitely earned that title. I don't think... I don't think Jordan is not on his way, but there's no way in shape or form that he's on that level yet. And I don't care what you say. James Wan did it for eight. He's up to what? 14 years now. And no one said it. And I'm not going to let a guy (laughs) who's only done two movies be called a master or when I've watched James Wan movies and had to stay up with the light on while Jordan Peele, my friend took his wife who can't take horror movies and she never closed her eyes once. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'll just say this. I, I having been thinking about this movie, um, I have had some really messed up dreams that have involved me running from my doppelganger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll call you out. (laughs) That's fine. You can call me out, but uh, I'm just going to clarify that I have not done that for the last couple of days. So these dreams have, maybe it's because I'm getting the THD out of my system. It's withdrawals. (laughs) It's withdrawals. Maybe that's what it is. So now I'm seeing my doppelganger within my dreams that wants to murder me and take my place in the world. Uh, And and honestly, how do you know that I'm not a doppelganger right now? How do you know that you're not talking to my tethered right now? You wouldn't be talking this clearly. How do you know? Okay. You're not talking. (laughs) To my tether, Zach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so because you and I can go back and forth on this, and yes. maybe we'll have a good conversation one day about this. Because I would, I would actually like to, because you are of the mind of it, and I am not, and I think this would be a fun back to back. Um, but to put a stamp on it, because of what yeah, we, we are. Is this worthy of a HHN house? Absolutely. And I am going to okay. put the F-bombs on there because I'm the one taking uh, all the F-bombs in this mm-hmm. episode and all the cussing in this episode. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, just you can do the beach. You can do the forest. You can have people dressed as tethered. The red the red suits alone are terrifying. And seeing people jump out with scissors would be terrifying. Uh, the beach houses, the family, uh, the, the friend's family beach house. You could see the girls are dead and the family's dead. There, There's a lot in this movie that you can kind of roll into and walk through. Uh, and hell, imagine having to walk down the escalator. I'd chuckle at yeah. that house. But uh, what did you what did you think? Did you get the impression that this could be a house as well? Brother, 100%. I know last week I talked about sharing it with Get Out, which oddly enough, that before I step into this, I find it odd that it doesn't say Blumhouse production at the beginning. It does yeah. do Monkey Paul, which I understand. But Jason Blum is a producer, and I purposely looked for his name in the credits once I didn't see the production. So it's weird to me he produced it, but it's not a Blumhouse production. So that being said, I 100% hope this is a house because how 
awesome would it be going through the facade you're on a beach and you're walking through the uh the vision quest like i said at the beginning you go through a little like a mirror maze which is meta about the whole oh, yeah. and stuff. And then you can go through the house. You can go through the other family's house. Then you can go through the tethered home. Like there are so many moments that I saw that I want to walk through and it would be creepy AF. Yeah. The hundred percent. And so many people could wear the red jumpsuits and I don't know how you do it, but if the end doesn't show like a mirror and have a red suit, which shows you being in a doppelganger, uh, uh, overalls, <laughs> then I riot. But I definitely think this should be a house for HHM one year. Awesome. I am uh, I am in agreement with you on that. Uh, really quickly, because we, we have gone very long this episode, uh, but rightfully so. We kind of said that this is the type of movie where you just need to discuss it. You need to get idea. You need to get other people's opinions on it and other people's feelings on. But uh, a real quick overall, we said that this is worth seeing in the theaters, but out of five stars, how many would you give this? Um, out of five stars, I'll give it 4.2. We are very close. I, I was going 4.5, uh, and, and when Get Out came out, I said that's a five out of five. This one, to me, was just slightly behind that one, where I think this one's scarier than Get Out, but it just there was just certain some little things i was like this one wasn't as perfect as your first uh foray into the filmmaking and the horror and all that stuff and the suspenseful and the thriller films but uh definitely that's funny i'm the opposite I yeah i know like this movie more <laughs> than get out not not the not get out i think get out is a good thriller but i find Plus, I'm a slasher monster guy, yeah. and I feel like that's what spoke to me in this one. And yeah, yeah, I'm, I've, I, I, I know, I know, I know. We all know Zach. Uh, oh, really quickly before we do wrap this up, how about that Chud video VHS in the opening shot? Yeah, good for was, it. Good was, for Chud. Yeah. Good for the Lost Boys referencing. Good oh, for, yeah. good for all of it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit it, it. By the way, I'm going to admit what I text you, Zach. I know. I did not catch on to the Lost Boys reference. I sat there like a jackass in the theater and was like, so what comedy and romantic movie and drama and this and that? Never in my head in the middle of a horror movie did I go, what horror movie was based in freaking Santa Monica, California <laughs> in the 1986? I don't know. Maybe one of my favorite freaking horror movies of all time. Yeah. I don't know. The first one that went on DVD, when DVDs came out, I went, well, I'm upgrading to a DVD with this one. It was that and Point Break. Those were the first two yeah. DVDs I bought. Like, uh, yeah, so I felt stupid, but I have to admit it's, that. It's okay. I mean, the only the only reason why I caught it is because I saw that it was the West Coast, and I was like, oh, man, this is just like Lost Boys, which that's a cool connection. In my mind, I'm keeping them connected. That's what I was going to ask you that really quickly. Does this mean that within the Lost Boys universe, the tethered exists? And vice I mean, versa? it kind of comes off that way if you think about it. Yeah. I, that's because not, there's not an uprising till later on, so like they can be down there. Yeah. Oh. <gasps> I'm sorry. Now, now we're gonna go into a totally <laughs> different topic of area of crossover films, and we'll have the Lost Boys coming to save the world from the tethered and all that good stuff. But yeah, that's all we need is Corey Haim to save, <laughs> save us from the tethered. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
Um, and, and really quickly, because um, we didn't touch on it, the final shot of the movie was Lupita Nyong'o's character smiling when she had the flashbacks realizing that she actually is red and her son is there and puts the mask on. What was your takeaway of that? Like, I mean, obviously the son knows something's up. Um, I don't know if he's 100% convinced of it, but like he knows there's something because he saw his mom kill earlier in the film and he saw his mom kill red. So there's, there's definitely that aspect of like, okay, so you're from down there. But my only problem with that is, is like, like red isn't your mom. Like this is your mom. So even though she protected you and did do what she did, doesn't make her, Different, if that makes sense. It does. Uh, my takeaway from that was he knows, he's aware that yeah. that's a tethered version of what his mom's supposed to be, that that was that she came from down there before. And also that he himself is missing part of his soul, which is why he was always kind of the oddball out of the family. So I feel that right. they have a stronger connection, which is also why she was such like, don't you ever go away from me. Don't run away. I need to go find you. I need to help. Like why she was so connected to him as opposed to her daughter. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could go that route with yeah. it. I, it's one of those things with, I don't, I don't want to think too much into it because that comes off very like, um, what? Who's the Shining director? Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Like, it feels very Kubrick, where it's like, oh, what does this mean? What's that mean? Does this mean he filmed the the moon landing, or is it this? Or like, I don't want to go too deep. Listen into here, okay? About this horror movie. Listen here. The moment but- <laughs> the kid put the mask on, that was when Jordan Peele admitted that he actually helped Donald Trump and colluded with Russia to make Donald Trump president of the United States of America. Okay, that was his admitting it in that moment of the film. I don't know how you didn't see that. Okay, God. <sighs> Huh. <laughs> All the grunting as well. The grunt. What does he do in the White House? He grunts when he has sex. So <laughs> it must mean it's an it's an allegory for his helping. Thank like- you for listening to Hunters. <laughs> Follow us at Hunters Pod on Twitter. Go to Facebook Hunters Podcast. Listen to us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play. Find us anywhere. Thank you, Politically uh, Wonderful. (laughs) And how did you not know Winston Duke's character was... Okay, I'm stopping. Uh, probably my favorite gimmick of all time oh goodness okay everybody that that's that zach hit it all you know where to follow us you know where to listen tell a friend and stay scary my friends thank you for listening to another episode of haunters podcast don't forget to tell a friend and you can subscribe on itunes spotify and other streaming services just by searching haunters podcast you can tweet us at haunters pod or you can find us on facebook by searching haunters podcast Until next time, don't open that door or check under your bed. Make sure your doors are locked and the lights are on. You never know when the next scare will come for you.
Thank mm-hmm. you.